Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome, welcome to, to Baz. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House, House of, of Rugby. rugby. <laughs> Here on Joe, together with Guinness. With Guinness. Uh, Sorry, no, it's just that I've been doing that. <laughs> Obviously, um, I mean, go on. I'm Guinness. <laughs> Trimby has been the host for the last few weeks while I've been away, so he's obviously, you're missing that role. You enjoyed it. Yeah, but you were like, Pat, I'm coming back in for this episode and I'm picking up where I left off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think you gave it enough spunk. I enjoy your, sh- your, your presenting, but your initial Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby. Funny, I always thought you were too fast-paced. Yeah, I initially. know. But when, and I, I was always quite wary of that, but having heard your version of it, I was like... Laboured oh, slow... Yeah. You kind of, you didn't even bother. Oh, <laughs> Baz and Andrew, oh, here we go again. <laughs> it doesn't get the listener or the yeah, viewer like, enthused. Yeah, it has to be familiar as well. Like, they need to, oh yeah, I remember this now. Oh yeah, I remember his voice. Who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. But you know, you did your own thing and I really enjoyed it. I must say, I missed being here, um, but <coughs> I loved listening to you and and, uh, and Jenny while I was away. Um, I would have loved it if... Um, if you had have written some uh, poor reviews on the podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> Under an alias or just yeah. myself? Just yourself. Just yourself, yeah. Just, just complete. Boo. Just booing. So I imagine um, this is how um, Carberry feels whenever um, Sexton, oh, I've got a sore head. Got, he wants to go. <laughs> I need to go to Canada for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Carberry steps up. We're playing Italy. Smash, playing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smashes out of the park. Yeah. And then Sexton... Sure was only Italy. Sexton, <laughs> Sexton swaggers back into the studio. I'll take it from here, Joey. Move over to the, on, on the, the other, other sofa. Side, yeah, I'm yeah. staring down the big camera. Have yeah. you ever been on this sofa? No. You've no idea. No. <laughs> no idea what it's like. Spend time on this sofa. I love it. Your voice is going a little bit it's like grand, this. It's grand, it's grand, it's grand. Well, what I must say, my favourite part of the show that while I was away was you talking about uh, getting fined and being that secret uh, David Humphreys yeah. Twitter account. That was brilliant. Yeah. How have I never heard that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Enjoyable. That was my little my little secret. Yeah. Um, I I wish I could remember more about it because it was it went on for ages and there was a whole big buzz about it and uh, every few days I was like oh. Great idea. You know what I did to throw them off the scent? I um, slagged myself. Oh. Yeah, because I, I had a hand operation at the time, so that's why I had so much time to muck about setting up fake Twitter accounts. And uh, I tweeted myself saying, um, a hand injury. <laughs> you can't catch your pass with your left anyway. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, That's so clever, man. Yeah. No one else would have copped that. Yeah. But you probably would have yeah. sniffed that out. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, I got away with it for a while. And then eventually, again, David Humphrey's interrogation technique. It was you. It was you. It was you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that was probably my favourite, uh, one of my favourite things in the show so far. Yeah. Really? Yeah, wonderful. Wow. I think that galvanises the team when teams when players start Acting the maggot and doing stuff like that. Yeah. Getting in trouble. Oh. Slagging the coaches. Or, yeah, just, just messing, getting up to something anyway. Yeah, up to mischief. There's yeah, some chat. Yeah, I remember. I've, I was never fined, but I almost got fined. Um, 
do you ever remember the Hardy Bucks? They were a, they were a, a TV show that these lads from Mayo made no. a few years ago that went to RT, but originally they just did it on YouTube. They're just a bunch of lads over in Mayo in a small town called uh, Castletown, I think it was called. And um, they just made this TV show, them sitting around in the streets drinking and smoking. And But it was quite philosophical. They'd have all these uh, lovely little rants about what's going on in the world at the moment. And they were hilarious. Some of the funniest stuff. You should look it up. I'll show you later. But they, uh, Fla was obsessed with them. Uh-huh. And he wanted them to come down to Munster and do uh, a show. And it was going to be us teaching the Hardy Bucks how to play rugby. So he got them all down into the pitch in UL in the bowl. And uh, these guys don't break character. They're like, they arrive down in vests and uh, little trilby hats and um, just smoking fags and drinking cans and never played rugby in their lives. And we were trying to teach them and they've got a <laughs> couple of cameramen there. And they're, they've got this guy that's in it called the Viper and he's... Um, He's the local baddie, and he's always over in the distance. They're always like, fuck, I hate the Viper. He's over there looking at him, being reptilian-like, and he's always, he wears like a Cobra T-shirt, and he spits and stuff like that, and he's always trying to sell them weed, sell them dodgy weed. So um, Fla wanted them down, so they came down, and they wouldn't break characters, and the Viper was up in the hill. Oh, brilliant. For the bowl in UL. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to plan this thing, and they're like... Totally not getting into char- getting out of character. They're not getting involved in the planning of anything. Just being themselves. And the viper is up in the hill. And we were like, "What about the viper?" And they're like, oh, "Don't mind him. He's a brick. Don't mind him." <laughs> so, so we've got like a table set up of protein powder and stuff. And we're trying to teach them how to for nu- you know nutritional stuff. And they're just drinking cans. One of them like takes a scoop of protein and tries to eat it. And it's just pow- powder coming out of his mouth. So the Viper descended from on high and eventually he just walks into the group and starts offering us weed. He's got a little bag of weed and he's like, here, do you want some creamy pollen high? And he's like smoking some himself. And uh, we're like, no, we can't. Get away from us, man, whatever. And uh, it was all very funny, hilarious. And we put a video out a couple of days later. Um, I don't even know. Flad just stuck it up on YouTube. And... The next morning, we got a call off uh, the CEO and Tony McGann, the coach, and Sean Payne, freaking out. So we're called down to the office, and I was kind of shitting it, like, what's going to happen here? We're going to get fined, we're going to get dropped. And uh, we were two of us sitting outside the office, and Flag got called in first, which was great, because I would have just crumbled. (coughs) And I started apologising, but he just went in, like, and took over. And uh, I could just hear them inside laughing, because they were playing the video. (laughs) And uh, he was... I think there was a few rugby players that may have been rumbled for taking some drugs around that time uh, internationally, like taking some uh, whatever uh, Class A drugs. So he was making the point that what we were trying to do was show that rugby players don't want the drugs. We don't want recreational <laughs> he spun drugs. It, he spun we're it. saying no to, to the weed. No, no weed. <laughs> so uh, he made them laugh and he was like, you know, I know other, other rugby players are around the world may have taken some uh, recreational drugs. Not here. We say no to weed. <laughs> and uh, they actually let us off getting fined, which was amazing. And they just made the, the video was taken down. That's a real shame from their point of view because that could have been quite lucrative rather For, than just finding me a one-off. There must have been what? How many of you were involved? There was a good few. Like we had, 
there was one brilliant scene with a Tony, uh, Tony Buckley mushy where we had all of them trying to tackle him at one time, yeah. which was brilliant because they were just, they're all small enough fellas. One of them had a pair of golf shoes on with the little spikes and he was yeah. trying to stamp on him, but mushy just kept throwing him on the ground and <laughs> Wally was involved and Dowling, I think, as well. So, yeah, they could have made a... Could have made a fortune. Yeah. yeah. He could have got away with no, no wages for a week. Yeah. <coughs> that video is out there somewhere. I'd love to see it. It's hilarious. So. Let's get it up. Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find it. At this point, we're all retired now, so it's grand. Fla, still. Still involved. Still involved. Sure, look, could we be all issue, know what yeah. he's like. We all know what he's like. He's a good he'll, crack. He'll talk his way out of it again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's yeah, a good, so, no, it's a good message. So on, on, that, um, on that point, but getting him bother. Oh, no, sorry. The point is, um, fake Instagram or Twitter accounts. So we're expecting uh, a call from uh, Will Addison feeds ducks today. Um, I've been following this very closely. Uh -huh. Yeah. So he got onto me privately on Instagram as well. How he or he, she? How did uh, he or she introduce himself? Um, a big <laughs> fan of the show, um, and you're also a big fan of Will Addison. Uh -huh. I have no idea what it's got to do with ducks or. He introduced himself to me. Um, it was just a, a private message on Instagram and he just said, quack. <laughs> I think he might have said, what's the quack? At one, at one point to me, which uh, is great. And what did you say back? Uh, uh, that I, was your first introduction to it. Like, yeah. I actually thought it was Will Addison for a couple of days and then I was like, no, what, that's, what are you doing, man? That's... Yeah, I, I'm led to believe, well, Gilly uh, drew our attention to it last week mm -hmm. and he, he thinks... He, well, he thinks that most of the Ulster players think that it is an Ulster player. Because he's got some in-jokes. I think and so. I think so. I haven't really looked into it too much, to be, to be honest, but mm. it's we it is weird Will Addison likes to, I don't know what the connection with Docs is. It's great. His photoshopping skills are... Unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So he might be joining us <coughs> on the phone. Pat has got his phone on the ready. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If he calls... Uh, apologies, it mightn't sound the best because we're just going to stick the phone up to our microphone, but... He said he would call. He said feeding time for the ducks is around 9, 9.30 a.m. Monday morning, so we'll, we'll wait for him. And actually, on the photoshopping thing, it is photoshopping, it's not photoshopping. It's shopping. Shopping, yeah. okay. We, You've been calling it photoshopping? Uh, I just kind of... Your whole life? I just skip over that <laughs> middle part. Photo... <laughs> <laughs> I've never written it, so I never knew. But, anyway, moving on swiftly from that... Someone sent us this poster, for any of you that can't see at, uh, who are listening, or for those of you on YouTube, you got to see it. It's a poster of the White Walkers from uh, Game of Thrones, because we did do a Game of Thrones feature a while back with rugby references. Um, and it shows the Irish team as White Walkers uh, on their way to win the World Cup, which is absolutely class. I think you hold that there. Yeah, I'll just hold it like, like, I'm, like I'm a ring girl or something. Yeah. And I will read the letter. Dear Baz and Andrew, I thought you guys might get a kick out of this. I've been loving the show and thought you might need some additional decor for the set. To be fair, that post, that thing over there is a bit old. We could do it moving, moving on. Um, I have the pleasure of meeting you both, Andrew in New York, on that boat ride around Manhattan with the mad big fella with the bandana. Do you remember him? Yeah, it's the perfect description. I don't remember his name, and I would have described him exactly the same way. He's like, uh, like, uh, he's like Hulk Hogan. Michael I'll just leave it there, okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, this guy was the short guy from Cork trying to calm him down. <clears throat> and Barry in New York at the same Madfellas Cigar Club after the Monster Night at NYAC. I was the short guy from Cork burning the year off you. 
I'm pretty sure I fell asleep pissed drunk at that. So, sorry, man, I don't remember you. But anyway, I made posters of a piece of my Christmas card to appeal to that massive Venn diagram segment of Irish rugby fans who are also Game of Thrones geeks. Enjoy the key, the good work. Keep it up. Best, Kevin Fagan. That's group. That's brilliant. Fair play. Yeah, I love a Venn diagram as well. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I, I think we should reference Game of Thrones Irish rugby players more often. Yeah. I think it, we only went into it for like a minute before, but like the Lannisters being Leinster is... The Lannisters. The Lannisters makes me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's so perfect. Uh-huh. Did we say that the Carney's, Carney brothers were Xerxes and Jamie, kind of ha- <laughs> yeah. having the ancestral affair? Because <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And did we say, um, did we say Saxon was Joffrey? I, we didn't, but a friend of mine, Brian True, pointed that out to me afterwards. Yeah. Because he is, yeah. He is. He is from now on. Oh, he's just like freaking out, <laughs> killing everyone he wants. <laughs> no, kill Stockdale. <laughs> kill Murray, kill whoever. Just And you're like, Jesus, will you relax, Joffrey? You're giving me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and who else? Starks were, were monster, obviously. Yeah. So honest and so loyal. Sorry, no. I think we, I think we fell out over that last time. Why? I think Ulster... We no. were we were the Starks because we we're up north. No, you're you're the Wildlings. Um, you are. No, I don't think so. Nobody really knows no, what's no, going no. on up there. You're up. You're alone. No, Rathen because... Island. Rathen Island is, is the Wildlings. <laughs> <laughs> the Targaryens are. I think South African rugby are the Targaryens. Beautiful and class. And yeah. So they kind of and they live in the desert. It's all sunny. Yeah. Um, then obviously Connacht. I loved that they were the the Iron. Oh, the Iron Islands. Iron Islands. Yeah. 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 Like the Iron Islands. And then the White Walkers, the All Blacks, surely, wasn't it? They oh, just yeah. come in and kill everyone. Yeah, no, you're either not uh, Rathlin. Who? Rathlin. Rathlin. Wildlings, sorry. Wildlings and White Walkers. Sorry. You're the Wildlings, man. No, you're the Wildlings. We're the honest. And, and uh, I was thinking Joey Carberry's kind of like uh, Jon Snow coming down. He's a bit of a bastard. Coming back from Leinster and coming down to us and yeah. going to be our hero. Anyway, we better we better move on, man. We have so much so, to get through. Um, although um, your man referenced you spending some time in a cigar club in New York, apparently, yeah, no recollection. Really, I, I remember seeing photos of me asleep on Peter Clossy's lap uh-huh. in <laughs> a cigar a cigar club. Yeah, that's probably it. That's it. <laughs> I was bananas. Um, because we had a couple of days, a couple of heavy days, and the jet lag got to me. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, you're mad. You're mad. Like, you're a music guy. Ah, I should look at man, you know. You got your moustache. You're goes. just back from tour. And yeah. Let's Canadians. say there's some mad stories from tours. Oh, there? yeah. Wild. You had your van stolen and all. <laughs> I lost my van's shoes. Um, so anyone in vans who wants to sponsor Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby with a pair of uh, vans, because we are representing them quite well, we would happily take them. We're not just in it for photoshopped posters, are we? No. No, we we can do better. Yeah, I suppose. Jeans. I'd take some jeans. These are in their last legs. Fantastic. Jeans, vans, posters, hats, <laughs> scarves, and headbands. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all today. we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, Ireland take on France this Sunday, and the nation still needs convincing that we're the same side that beat the All Blacks. Only five months ago, despite everyone thinking we're shite now, which is mad, because so many people have been saying that to me. A couple of players show Joe Schmidt what they can do in the Guinness Pro 14 as Leinster wrap up a home semi-final with four games to go. Uh, There is talk of a new world league, and we'll also answer some of your finest Twitter questions. But first, 
Talking point number one, Ireland versus France. Ireland were up in Belfast for a training uh, session last week. Did you go lurking around after no. them? No. No. No, you're too cool for that. No. Good man. Yeah. We don't want to be those lads. No. No. Jeez. We're not those We're lads. not the media. No. No. Uh, well, we are. Oh. We are. Oh. <laughs> I thought we, that was the call. We are investigative journalists, though. We're trying to find out who Will Addison feeds feeds talk is. Yes, Ducks is. Any, any. If you were to take a, a punt, who uh, it might be. Uh, well, Gilroy suggested it might have been Jacob. There was another account set up. Oh, again, maybe the same tactic as I did before about Jacob, and it's Jacob. Um, like sandwiches or something. <laughs> something. It's something like that. It's not exactly that. Exactly Someone set up a Barry Murphy fan club on Bebo back on in Bebo. the day. Back in the day, right? Is that how long you've been retired? No, this is the start of my career. And uh, they may really made it look like I did it myself. Like, hey guys, here's a photo of me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it might have been my brother. I don't know. I, but it was. It looked so bad. It was what so was it well. Flashbox. Remember flashboxes? No, Bebo? I don't. <laughs> I wonder do I still have a Bebo account out there somewhere? Yeah, I think Bebo's dead and buried, but we'll look, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so we're, we'll get to the bottom of it if he calls. Please, please call us, man. Although this is later, so we won't hear this. So, a nation waiting for Ireland to kick back into gear. What do you think? I think we'll, I think we'll come good. I think we'll be grand. Mm-hmm. We've got away with it so far. Like we haven't 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 clicked that much, but still went to Rome, got five points, um, got a win in Scotland, which has traditionally been very difficult. Um, so we've gone okay. I just think the England game's just knocked a bit of confidence out of us, and just one or two passes aren't sticking, and we're just not quite clicking as we were. Mm-hmm. I think it'll come good. Do you not think it'll? I think it'll be. I think it'll be great. I don't think there's any massive issues. And again, it's your classic. I know this is a bit of a cliche. You haven't become a bad side overnight. Not only is we haven't become a bad side overnight a cliche, but preempting something that's a cliche by saying it's a bit of a cliche, but is not a cliche. It is. Wow. We're we're like we're deep here now. Yeah. Three, three <laughs> yeah. deep. I heard the con- one of the Connacht or the, for one of the Connacht tries. Someone said. The commentator said, straight off the training paddock, which is only ever used when someone scores a move like that. They're like, who calls it the training paddock? That's such a, it's, it really annoys me when someone paddock. says that. Paddock. paddock for me is somewhere you keep your, your dog in an enclosed area outside. Your horses, surely. In your dog. <laughs> <laughs> is it horses, is it? Yeah, it's horses. Uh, anyway. Sorry, it's a cliche for a reason. That's the cliche. Yeah. Not, this is a bit of a cliche. Um, yeah, I agree with you, whatever you're talking about. Uh, I do think <laughs> that... Uh, they issues. They have, no, oh. I do think they've, they have, they're, they're, they're well capable of pulling off a performance against France that just blows the heads off everyone. We're back to where we were. Um, just need to maybe believe in ourselves a little bit more. Belief is a huge thing. I think that because they have started doubting and everyone's an expert now, especially in the Six Nations, we get something like three times the amount of people that watch a regular Pro 14 or European match will watch a Six Nations match and they'll all have opinions on it and then the microscope is on it and everyone just starts freaking out. Whereas if we just take it for what it is, um, like I watched the Italy match after like the next day because we were on tour and I didn't see it and I'd heard a lot on Twitter about how Sean Cronin had such a shit game and how he was hauled off and all this stuff. Then I watched it back 
And he actually had a good game. He just, there was three lineups that went down and it was funny, something happened in the first three minutes. They had a line-out on the halfway line, Sean Cronin threw first line-out, pinged it, perfect, we played off it. But while he was doing it, the commentators were talking over it and about a story or something or, you know, so they didn't realise. So it never happened? Never happened, so uh-huh. they didn't realise. Then, two minutes later, after four or five minutes, Ireland have a line-out in their own 22 and it's, the commentators think it's the first line out of the game but there's actually already been one and they go and then the the, the camera's on Sean Cronin and they decide to take this the moment to go oh here's Sean Cronin this is <laughs> yeah. 700 cap for Ireland but he's yeah. never started I wonder why that is and everyone's like wow I wonder why that is and everyone's kind of going and he's under the microscope and then he misses they miss the line out but it probably wasn't his fault I think he actually threw it quite well but there was a bit of a mix up with the jump and then everyone's like, oh shit, Sean Cronin's having a terrible that, game. They're like, that's why. Yeah. yeah. And then that kind of went on for the whole game. The commentators kind of go back, because I know they've got a tough job to be kind of yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. But everyone's kind of, we're so, uh, our attention spans are so bad now with our phones and with everything that we're just kind of like, oh yeah, well he said it was bad. Isn't yeah. it? And then everyone wants an opinion. So all of a sudden he gets, and then he's just taken off, which is probably Joe Schmidt's plan anyway to give Scanley a game after 60 minutes but he's hauled off yeah. and uh, all of a sudden he's a terrible game and it's, it's, that's the way we're kind of looking at the whole team at the moment I know I think it's whoever creates the first opinion then it's that becomes difficult to kind of argue with mm-hmm. then I think someone else says and then before you know it there's half a dozen people have presented this opinion Sean Cronin's had a bad game and then that's the kind of that's the piece or mm. that's, the, that's the way that's been interpreted and um, it's not it's not right, but it can it becomes easy then if if Sean Cronin has like a, like a kind of unremarkable game after that like as in if he doesn't completely counteract that with line breaks tries everything then that's the game that he's had yeah but it's just an easy it <laughs> is. and I love that the idea of the commentators like just. That first line, I just going, closing their eyes, going la 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 la. Do you know the way they do it? In the first two minutes, they're talking <laughs> yeah. about the weather. Yeah, they're talking yeah. about yeah. being in Rome and their fans and yeah. all that. And, and they... not one viewer can can watch that and say, you know what? Let's bear in mind that Sean has actually nailed that first line. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. If the commentators didn't oh, talk about it, it didn't was happen. Terrible, man. The sun yeah. was down, time their lace up, so the camera was on him yeah. for a while. Yeah, and they get this big long spiel about him. Um, so yeah, yeah, when moments like that happen, it just pisses me off. Do you off, think that's why, if if a player does something class, makes a line break, makes a link, and then if there's a long break in play afterwards, it's like that. Um, there's more time for replays. Oh, there's yeah. more time for chat from the commentators. I I heard someone say strategic guys strategically go down, go down injured yeah, yeah. after making like a a steal a ball yeah. or make a big play. They'll go down and then the yeah the camera swings. The cool, them. They'll go to the cool commentator. He'll be yeah. waxing lyrical. He'll be saying, "This guy, look at him. He's putting his body on the line. He's done this. He's done that." Yes, let's keep an eye out for that. Yeah, because it's definitely someone pointed out to me before. But a few players, and I'm like, oh, it yeah. definitely happens. Clever. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to them. That's uh, and even players who celebrate to people. You know, if you score a try and someone is like, oh, I gotta get there because I gotta be on the camera and be like, Way! yeah, it's yeah. like subconsciously planting into people's minds that oh, he was there when the try was scored. Yeah. So he must be good. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's how f- a fair weather fans for the Six Nations as well as a lot of them. Yeah. So they'll just go, oh yeah, well they haven't seen Sean Cronin rip it up for Leinster for the whole season. Be probably one of the best players in the country all season. But then he goes out and he apparently has a bad game against Italy and then he's just written off. Uh-huh. 
Not that it matters what, the, what those people think. Well, the other thing is that I think it does matter sometimes. Now, I don't think it matters with Joe Schmidt. I think he is, he thinks objectively about things. He'll mm. say, how did Sean Cronin, I know we're talking about Sean Cronin a lot mm. here, and we're probably actually feeding into this. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, we're, de- we're defending him, but the yeah. fact that we're talking about him, defending yeah. that people are sending you to back yeah, him, is true. Like, but um, I think um, Joe would sit down with, with Sean or sit down and watch, like, look at his game. And he'll, he'll not be listening to the commentators. He'll think, you know, I obviously know infinitely more than the commentators are going to contribute. Mm. Um, and he'll say, like, was he done well? Was he done badly? You know, he'll analyse it completely objectively. He'll mm. not get carried away. But I think there's a lot of coaches who are slightly um, weaker willed, I suppose, or like, I feel like they, they know rugby. I don't know, they're maybe just slightly less confident in what Joe is presenting. And they maybe just know the game less well, and they're happy to take people's word for a little bit or public opinion. You reckon? I definitely think there's coaches out there who will be influenced by the media, influenced by um, supporters, spectators, other people's mm. opinions. Well, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think Joe Schmidt. Is. Joe won't be. Yeah, he's not, I don't not. like when we look at what kind of team Ireland are going to put out against against France. Don't think he's going to make too many changes to you. Uh, no, he'll... Um, or even the game plan, for that matter. <laughs> no, that's another one, actually. Um, that's after the England game. For the last few weeks, um, because we haven't blown a team away um, to kind of correct the England game, everybody then is coming out. I kind of touched on this last week in the podcast. I don't know I don't know if you listened. I did. I subscribed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just feel like then guys come out and they say, you know what, we've been saying it for a while now. We're not playing with enough width. We're not um, throwing the ball about enough. Yeah. And people are saying now that guys are getting injured because we're being too physical. Yeah. Did anybody watch the Wales-England game? Mm. Those guys were just bashing Battering each other. non-stop the whole game. Mm. And that was um, kind of hel- heralded... I'm sorry. Heralded. Turn time. Doesn't matter. <laughs> people were talking about that game as if it was just an incredible... A game of rugby, an absolute spectacle, and it was. Yeah. But there was a lot of physicality. Yeah. And that's the way Ireland play as well. When yeah. they're at their best, they win those collisions. Mm. Um, and you can't just question that whole approach and concept just because... One game. Yeah. Because yeah. England came out absolutely firing and took mm. a few boys' heads off. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't even, like... Harold just saying, we didn't... <laughs> Four times. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have... Uh, like I think people are what were critical, and even Joe Schmidt was about how we approached that English game that we were a bit flat and so on. Which I still I go back to what I said at the time. I don't think we were overly flat. I think they were just really up for it. And we yeah. played into their hands and we tacked them in quite a narrow channel and just kept going at their big guys. Whereas if you take what Wales did, okay, they went hard at them, but they <coughs> they stretched them a bit, which we've always been quite good at stretching teams. So we just need to tweak the game plan and just maybe. When it comes to France, anyway, I think they're unfit. Um, they can be caught late on, so I think we tire them. Um, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball against them, um, because they did show some some top class French rugby um, against Scotland last week with their offloading game. When that's in, when that's clicking, they're unbelievable. Yeah. So if we keep the ball away from them, frustrate them, and tire them out and stretch them like we do all the time, then. But I, I do think we need to maybe throw a few more offloads, uh, try and score. Like, we do need a bonus point. Um, we need a, we need a bonus point, obviously, but we need massive points differential now, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, even kicking on. We, 
I'm, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, we need a bonus point against France and a bonus point against uh, Wales, and we need like 30 points or something. Yeah, and then even then, England could finish on 20 points as well, so it still might not be enough. Yeah. Ireland can finish on 19 maximum. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we need England to slip up. On, well, slip up as in not get a bonus. Yeah. And in yeah. either of their two last games, Scotland and Italy at home. Yeah. Mm. So it's a massive long shot, really, isn't yeah. it? So at this stage, you're not even really realistically playing for a championship anymore. So you go out there and it's just about getting the confidence back. Yeah. After what England did to us in round <laughs> one. <laughs> reliving that for years. Yeah. We'll talk about reliving things. See the way I tied this together? Nice. So, You're a pro. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. No. no. <laughs> I linked nothing. <laughs> Joined the dots. Uh, we, I'd like to talk to you about your experience playing against France. You've, <coughs> you've played quite a few. Uh, first ever Six Nations game was against France in 2006 at the Stade de France. Lost 43-31. Um, brilliant game remember that you scored Ireland's fourth try bit of knowledge from Pat here that was you're the last player to score a fourth try against France in a game and the first person to score a fourth try against France for Ireland since 1913 so Ireland haven't scored four tries against and beaten France since 1913 yeah and you were Obviously, the last one to score, but that was a loss. Yeah, isn't that mad? It's mad. I'm I'm glad that stats finally out there. Yeah, even when Draco scored the hat trick. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, Draco. Also, you're you're. This is another one of your. Yeah, your... Draco. Over a hundred years worth of history. <laughs> Don't think so, Draco. So this is up there with your All Blacks. You didn't even know this existed, did you? No. <laughs> no idea. The only reason I remember that day. Uh, not the only reason, but the, the like. The context of that was um, I was on the bench, so I came off the bench for Tommy. Ireland were operating this um, blitz defence then, which was a little bit foreign. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> first play of the game, um, Tommy came up ahead, uh, and uh, Cedric Haymans was playing out of his skin that day. And Tommy came up and kind of slipped, right? So that couple of minutes in, slipped. Heymans went through maybe. Anyway, they scored. Not sure. It might not have been Heymans, but Heymans making line breaks left, right, and centre. So it probably was him. They went through and scored. Next thing, Tommy was like kind of black bolt, right? That you know, confidence kind of shook a little bit. That was the game. Tommy got a zero out of ten from <laughs> from, from Neil Francis. <laughs> zero out of ten. <laughs> And uh, he he was saying, uh, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So he great. knew that Tommy knew that he obviously wasn't going to get you know a good rating, mm. but he didn't expect it to write his hand. So he avoided the papers. How harsh, cold, new friends. He avoided the papers, and then one of his mates texted him and said, "Hey, don't listen to that Neil Francis. He doesn't know what he's talking about." <laughs> and he's like, "What do you mean?" So he looked it up. <laughs> zero out of ten. Zero out of ten. So. Um, Class. Yeah, so I came on maybe I don't know sixty minutes in, and for me it was it was a good time to come on because Ireland were start, Ireland were massively. Yeah, dying. you came back massively. And we came back, scored yeah. maybe two or three try, two or three tries. You definitely gave yourself the applaud after scoring that. You're try. right, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I was rooming with Tommy at the time, and we made our way back. And obviously, he had sixty minutes of getting hockeyed, and I had twenty minutes of kind of running around having fun, yeah. <laughs> scoring tries. Yeah. And we got back to the room, and you know. I was obviously disappointed that we lost, but you know it wasn't the end of the world for me. <laughs> yeah, every cloud. Yeah. yeah, every cloud. So it was it was an awkward one coming back to the room. Tommy was like um, raging, the thing, other way things had gone. And I was there. Huh? Well, are you going out tonight, lad? You up for any crack tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and he was hating me. 
but I was just being too giddy. Yeah. Yeah, but unlucky lad. Ah, sure, look, you got to take it when they come, <laughs> you know. Uh, my next favourite one was Draco's last game, 2014, uh, beating them and winning the Six Nations title in... Is that Fra- Paris as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he scored a great try that night. Um after Murray made a little break with Draco and then oh, yeah. offloaded that. Uh, memories of that one? Uh, Very sweet. Remember that? That, that was amazing. The that... missed kick in the last five minutes, they had a kick pretty much in front of the post, pulled it wide. Um, um, France did? Yeah. Machineau came off. Police on as well? He was. He came on. Machineau was kicking really Is well. Is this 2014? Yeah, you were th- I'll give you a clue. You were there. <laughs> Uh, he came on and he, scored, and he did a penalty of like four minutes to go and he dragged it right at the post. Don't remember that. And then they What sc- I remember was um, uh, the second row, the Stade Francais second row, tried to link that pass that went forward right at the end. Yeah. They Take scored up. in the corner. No. But it, it was it was four yes, pass. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and they were going mental, like, as if it wasn't a four pass, but it was a very it obvious was, four pass. It was the most uh, obvious four pass we've ever seen in... Mm. In all my years, all years. <laughs> yeah, of forward passing. Yeah, but that must have been sweet with Draco's last game. And yeah, it was class. Over there. Absolutely class. Because it felt like um, I had a couple of bad experiences at Paris. I know that we've just um, recounted two good ones. But um, I had a couple gone over there and kind of played crap, you know, mm. personally. And we've been on the receiving end of a bit of a hockey once or twice. But that was one of those ones where we went over there and... We've been playing really well that whole Six Nations and uh, France have been poor, but they, they saved their best performance. They were brilliant that day and we had to be that good to beat them. Johnny got two tries that day as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was one of those days that I'll remember. And then I got I got um, did an RTV, RT interview with Raj and Sh- uh, Shaggy uh, after the game and I was like, because those two lads, you know, a good bit older than me, I was as a youngster coming through, just all you know, you know the way it is. You Youngster. always want to, you always want to impress your uh... youngster. You were in your thirties. No, 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 not not them. <laughs> Whenever sorry. they were playing. Okay, right. And I was coming through. I was a youngster, and I, you always want to impress your teammates. Yeah. And uh, I never really did when they were playing because I was kind of crap for who you are. And then I just remember being interviewed by Shaggy and Roger. Oh, sorry, they've been interviewed by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, were working for RTE. Yeah. I was like, this is class. Yeah. This is class. That was, that I'm was, in the club. Yeah, I'm in the club. Uh, the boys like me. <laughs> I I have a good memory of that one as well. Uh, we were in Vancouver on tour uh, oh. around that time, St. Patrick's weekend. We were over there playing a festival and having the crack. And I need to precursor this story with <laughs> the fact that the number 13, where I played my position, I loved that position so much. Like... It's just my favourite thing about rugby. I love the number 13. I love how uh, I love everything about it. It's the best position, in my opinion. It's like no one wants to be a 12, but when you're a 13, you're like, you're a 13. I loved it. I know I played in the wing and stuff like that, but I love 13. So anyway, uh, that was Draco's last game. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of talk about the 13 and or will we hang up the jersey and never have anyone else because it's <laughs> so special and so on. So we went out on the Friday night, which was our St. Patrick's Day gig in Vancouver, played the gig, went out on the batter afterwards. And we got our lock-in in a pub, stayed up all night, and then about eight in the morning, there was a, your man in the pub was giving us breakfast, some pints, and we were drinking away. And the match was on at 10 a.m. over in Vancouver, so we were all going down the road to another Irish bar to watch the match. So we go to the Irish bar, and we were pretty 
well on it. Like obviously it's 10 o'clock in the morning, we have mid to bed and the match starts and I'm with one of my best mates who lives over there on Keaton and I was like, do you know how much I love the number 13? And he was like, yeah, I was there. I was thinking of getting like a little tattoo on my shoulder of like a number 13. And I was like, yeah, you should, man. I was like, yeah, I think I will. And then when the match started, I was like, if Ireland win, I'm going to get a 13 tattooed on my shoulder after the game. And he was like, brilliant, class. So then I started getting into the game and I started getting really into it. And he started telling people in the pub and it became like a bet then that if Ireland won, that I was going to get this tattoo. So we're like, it started getting quite funny. And then they won, you won, and it was incredible. The crack was 90, and they were like, right, let's get this tattoo. So I, it became then a thing like, uh, this, is, this is what should happen now. You know, it's like, yes, this wasn't a bet anymore. It was like, yes, this is right now. Someone needs to get this tattooed. So we walked out the door, and I was like, there's not going to be a tattoo parlor anywhere. Like, there was a tattoo parlor right next door to the pub. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. Like they're in on it. Yes, yeah, so like, fuck, so... We go in there and we're like, I was thinking again of a little tattoo and we're pissed so we're trying to hide the fact that we're drunk and he, was, he didn't really care. We said we were hungover and we, we hadn't gotten up or we hadn't gone to bed yet or we'd just gotten up or something. So we pick out a number, a little 13 and he draws it on my, my shoulder and then my mate's like, I think people are going to think this is for Brian O'Driscoll because you know when you get tattoos they're kind of blue. So he's like, you might think it's for, for Leinster. So he's like, you should get it in red and you should get it like bigger, like as if it was your number. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like, get it like your fucking number. Like, that's, you spent half your life with this number on your back and now you don't have it anymore because you're retired, you should get this. And I was like, this is fair enough, yeah. Good reasoning. So we pick out a number 13 that kind of looks like the Monster Toyota 13 and I start getting it tattooed on my back. And after about a half an hour, I started kind of sobering up. And my mate was like so relentless. He was like, this is class. This is a really good idea. But then he just fucked off into the pub. So left me there in the <laughs> pub and uh, started bringing people, or left me in the, the tattoo part, but started bringing people in and like giving me Jaeger bombs and started getting, you know, people are coming in going, Jesus, you're actually getting this done. So I think about you, like where were you at this point? This is probably like is after two hours infused. after the game, maybe? Uh... Yeah, yeah, we were back in the hotel having the time of our lives. Having the crack. I was with uh, James Nesbitt. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I was in a tattoo parlor yeah. in Vancouver getting a massive... Sliding doors. <laughs> Could have been me. <laughs> to have my injury. Getting a massive 13 tattooed on my back. Yeah. Um, so it's still there. Obviously. Yeah, like yeah I'm not going to get it out, but yeah. yeah, trust me, it's there. So I was thinking if uh, if they win this weekend, maybe you could get a, a 23 on your back? 23. <laughs> 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 was that planned? Was that last, like a last minute? I'm going to go 23 and slag me. Well, because it's, it's on my back though, and it's... It's very funny when any time people see it, like, they laugh a lot. Yeah. So it's, it serves a purpose. But when I went to the pool for the first time in UL, uh, where we used to train, like, when I came back from the tour, the cleaner in UL, Jimmy is his name, he's hilarious, pure limerick, and he spotted it, and I could just see he was bursting to say something. He said, what's the story with the tortilla in your back? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it takes, like, that's a 15-minute long story yeah, as I was, well. I just went, I, I Leave it, know, Jimmy, man. would you? Yeah. And he goes, 
What's that? Something if you've got a 22. So I was like, that's genius, man. So I've stolen that gag off him. Uh, but yeah, would you get a tattoo? If, I'd be 14, uh, I would get. I was like, yeah. For 2014 as well. As ah. well as the 14. Superb. Uh, number on my back. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get 14 on my back if Ireland win the Six Nations this year. Great. Perfect. Who would be that stupid, right? I, I'll get a nose ring if Ireland uh, win the Six Nations. <laughs> Will you? There we go. Um, uh, One of us should. No. One of us should. <laughs> Uh, your final game ever also was in 2017, winning the Six Nations and you replaced Rob Kearney. Uh, were you conscious of that stage coming on at the end, enjoying those games a little bit more, knowing it was your last game? Definitely didn't think it was my last game. Uh, uh, I felt like I definitely had a little bit more in me. I just kept picking up knocks. I had another, I'd say I probably had another season in me if I hadn't kept picking up knocks. Because I felt really good at the, just before the Six Nations and part of me was thinking, I'm going to get back to my best here. And then hamstring injury, then a groin injury. You know what happened, actually? I picked up a hamstring injury just before the Six Nations. 2000, what, when was that? 17. 17? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> cheers, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I was just recovering from that and it was only a, like a grade one, so it was only a minor uh, injury. And maybe 10 days later, I was nearly back. Felt like I could probably definitely get up to a bit of pace, maybe sprint. So nearly there. And uh, my young fella was chatting to my, my wife in the kitchen. My young fella took off and uh, he was just walking. We assumed he was just walking around the house. I left the stair gate unlocked. Oh, shit. Yeah. And uh, next thing, we just <laughs> heard Jack bounce, bouncing down. <laughs> Downstairs. Oh my god, that's terrible. So I um, sprinted. This is how high he must have been right at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Hit the other stair gate that was unnecessarily locked. locked. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then obviously he just decided, oh well, um, uh, <laughs> threw himself down the stairs in protest. And as I heard him falling, I sprinted and then um, just got to the bottom as he like, kind of clashed with the, the open stair gate, which saved him from the tiles. Yeah. He was totally fine, weirdly, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, totally fine, cried a wee bit. I picked him up <laughs> and then once it all settled down, I went, oh, my hamstring. <laughs> and I did. Did you cry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roach is crying. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, that I, I genuinely think if that ha- hamstring hadn't gone again and I could have got fit, fitter for maybe a second game of Six Nations, I might have got in, mm. got a bit of momentum and got back again. Jack has taken a year from my career. F you, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Jack's going to his first game this weekend, so actually. selfish. Could have pushed him down the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> push him down, down the stadium <laughs> Pretty stairs. Pretty steep <laughs> in the Aviva, yeah. <laughs> no. Comes full circle. Um, the, I, I actually can't believe we didn't score four tries in the World Cup match against France. I know, because Pat wrote an article about this. Yeah. And he was saying how long ago it was that we'd scored four tries. But yeah, I couldn't believe it as well. Yeah. We hammered them. Yeah. <laughs> Madigan crying his eyes out after three tries. <laughs> three tries. <laughs> I wonder if he looked... <laughs> Maybe he was crying because he didn't get the bonus point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make more sense. Be less embarrassing. <laughs> God, I was at that game. Actually. Sorry, Mads. Sorry, sorry, sorry Mad again. <laughs> uh, but anything you think we can expect from France, <clears throat> having I, played against them so many times, you just you just don't know. You never know what you're going to get against them or with them. Because yeah. um, if anybody, I know we're suffering a little bit from a, a kind of bit of a 
a knock to the confidence after that England game. Mm -hmm. But France should be feeling that as well. They've got a little bit of a shot in the arm from from a big performance at home. Yeah, I Scotland. thought they were good. Laurie is playing class. Man. Yeah, what a player! Uh, oh, he's brilliant, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. He's just pure French kind of back rower. Yeah, great player. Dupont is <coughs> very impressed with him um, against Scotland. Um, and they've got it. Yeah, once they get quick ball and they're got a bit of momentum, they're hard to yeah. hard to stop. Um, I do think it will be okay though. Yeah, I do too. I think we need to stretch them, as I said, um, and just go for it. Um, <clears throat> any any changes? You think what kind of you think you stick with Sexton and Murray? I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say just like they're going okay. They're going okay, but just it's just not quite. Just because I'm not even nine and ten. There's just one or two wee bits of the pattern kind of not just quite clicking or not like it was in the autumn. Yeah. Or even last last year. Yeah. And obviously those are the two guys who are catching and passing the ball the most often. Mm -hmm. So I'd say they're probably going to keep playing them and, and just get them back a little bit. Um, they're obviously yeah. frustrated at the minute, but it's there's very, very fine margins. You know, one or two of those go to hand and That's it, and it? they'll get momentum, they'll get confidence from that, and they'll get gain lines, and then they'll get the like Sean O'Brien, big ball carriers over the gain line again. And mm. very, very I wonder, thin will margins. They, will they start CJ? It looks like he's, uh, he's going to be fit, which is unbelievable. Oh, excuse me, unbelievable after uh, an eye socket fracture or cheek fracture. Um, big, big. I think I think they'd go with him if he was fit. Yeah, being honest and um, Probably, yeah. just let him lump through work and what he does. And yeah. France will struggle to deal with him, I think. And then Shawnee off the bench uh, if needs be. And so, who would you play at seven then? Uh, you play Josh. Yeah, maybe. Josh, uh, isn't Levy anywhere near fit? No, he's not going to no. be back now. No. Yeah. And and we're not even that's not even any particular order. They're all class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'd 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 be going as close to to the starting team against England as possible. Um personally. You know, pen, and midfield again is going to be a tough one. Ringrose back. Yeah. Yeah. Should be. Ringrose is back. Is um, Henshaw fit? Should be as well, yeah. yeah. We're being told they are anyway, yeah. Would they go back to Henshaw at fifteen? Probably not with how well Kearney has done yeah. um, over the last few weeks and they've gotten the win. I think that might be um, a step too far because he hasn't played a lot of rugby, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, again, whatever way you go, I don't think there's going to be major surprises, but, um, you know, whatever one he decides the midfield, I'd have full faith in, in any pairing. And uh, even if he was to go at Henshaw full back, but I don't think he will. I think he'll go at Kearney. But anyway, um, yeah, starting 15s, yeah, I'm not sure. It'll, 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 uh, would you get Tigburn in there? Uh, I'd love to see someone robbing a lot more ball. We've been poor on the ground. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's one thing doing it for Munster. It's another thing. A test match, I just don't think you get those opportunities. I know he's a freak. He is a complete he is freak. A freak. He would get, I'm sure you get one or two, but... Yeah. I mean, he's showing off for, for Munster. Yeah. Just getting over the ball, any opportunity. It's a huge... Yeah. Hugely important part of the game, turning over, slowing a team down, winning yeah. penalties, um, and I think with the lack of fitness France have, you know, we've got plenty of line out options. It's not like he's poor in the <coughs> line out. Um, his ball carrying is excellent. I just think that is one thing we're missing at the moment is someone that can really get in there and slow a team down. And he is arguably the best in the Northern Hemisphere at doing it. Yeah. Stick him in your team. Yeah, so uh, Quinru and um, Alton both did well. Yeah. Would you would you put Handy and um, uh, Tag back in? Or put them, would you start them? Yeah. 
I would. Would you like to discuss it further? <laughs> no. <laughs> the decision has been made. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's going to be a great week. Looking forward to it. We'll be in Sunday night straight afterwards to talk about it, actually, which is cool. I'm looking forward to that. We'll we rugby out. Yeah. All right, stay with us and uh, we'll be right back with part two. You're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe, together with Guinness. And, but I heard great things about him at Sale where like, they'd call the boys in literally after a loss on a Saturday and he'd lock them in. Like, they'd walk in the changing rooms thinking they were going to do 200s or something yeah. and the room would just be full of piss yeah. and, he, and, he'd go, and he'd just close the door and bolt it, and, like literally padlock it and say, right, we don't leave. Until all this is drunk, <laughs> what boy? <laughs> and then on the Monday he'd flog. You got to back it he'd up. Flog your guts out, and you, you know he's he's trying to find out what people's personalities are like, isn't it? Okay, obviously that's James Haskell and Mike Tindall there discussing uh, teams being locked in a changing room with beer to help them bond when they were on a losing streak. Uh, have you any experience with that? Uh, teams playing with confidence, having lost their spark, and so on. Have you ever been in a team environment where something needed? <laughs> to change yeah um, but it, it's hard to know what the solution has been I just I remember one season with, with Ulster and actually I don't even think this worked but every week there was you know crisis talks you know crisis meetings what are we doing wrong and someone would um, stand up and make this big emotional speech I remember Pinar doing it once or twice a couple other lads and and then you're like soul searching every Monday morning Things don't go out the weekend. You think, right, this is us now. Let's get back on the horse. Let's get yeah. things sorted out. And then, and then the following Monday, you're back. You're straight back there again. You do that three, four, five weeks in a row, and then you just just wears you down. Oh, doesn't it's it? exhausting. Yeah. yeah. And then you're dreading if you play on a Friday night. The weekend just seems like you're dreading just going in on Monday morning. And mm. then even oh, that almost makes things worse sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I know lads have played like just gone in and said, right, trains cancelled. We're playing five aside or whatever. But that's always counterintuitive. I think the coaches always think we need to train harder, we need to do more video, we need to kind of be more, I don't know, more rugby oriented or something. Hmm. But I think that's counterintuitive. I think sometimes you just need a break from rugby or a break from the intensity or the pressure you're putting on each other. Yeah. Like I always think routine is obviously key for, for any rugby team, rugby player. So I found personally anytime there was those Last breaks. Call here. I don't know who this could oh. be from. Oh, brilliant. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this could be... This is fine, I was here. Could, could even be a bank. Hello? Hello? Hello, my name's Harry. I'm just calling from Virgin Media. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just as if we're in the middle of a point. <laughs> Maybe Virgin <laughs> Media are Will Addison right. feeds done. See you then. I thought for a second Pat was going to say no sorry we're just expecting a call from an anonymous um, account uh, Will Addison feeds dogs have you heard of them no, never mind um, we'll just get back to it <laughs> definitely keeping that in the show this guy has stung us hasn't he Will Addison yeah could be a girl could be a lady could be Jenny oh pesky and scene pesky Jenny <laughs> Trying to get back in here any way she can. <laughs> I'm out to you, Jenny. Um, where are we talking about? Uh, you. So you were really down. You were playing crap. Yeah. And you couldn't get yourself back up. Yeah. Is that basically... And it was all your fault that Ulster were losing. <laughs> so how did you deal with that? Uh, I can't remember. Were, I, you, were you a fan of sports psychologists? 
Yes, but not on a, not team wide. I think I don't think that works. I don't think team sessions work mm-hmm. really. You know, we've done mindfulness and stuff with Ireland, and that's quite useful. But it's quite it, it, I suppose it is a team. Um, um, it, it's done team wide. Everybody does it together, but it is very much an individual thing as well. It's kind mm. of led by someone like talking around, but it's quite. You, sp- you, you spend that time doing whatever you want. Some guys will spend that visualizing. Some guys will spend that doing. You know, mindfulness is a bit of a buzz thing. Mm-hmm. I know it's not sports psychology, but it's all <clears> kind of linked. Um, but yeah, I would have got a bit of value out of speaking to a sports psychologist. But all all, all that process is is being convinced or being tricked, maybe into thinking you're better than you are or thinking you're you're confident or be, thinking more rationally, I suppose. Yeah. Um, is that how you find it? Yeah, exactly. I think um, it's, you'd find too many <clears throat> top players who play a game and think they're crap um, for what it like, could be some of the reasons we pointed out <coughs> earlier on that, that external people watching the game or commentators or whatever uh, have commented and you kind of forget that you... Uh, that you're you're here for a reason. You're well able to play this game. Not only are you good enough, but you're you're brilliant rugby player. You're playing at the top level. So um, exactly, yeah. So I remember Felix Jones used to be unreal at motivating himself. Just he'd watch videos of himself, like Drico. I think used to say that he re, he had a psychologist who told him how to watch that he should watch videos of him being class, basically. Yeah. Just to remind himself, and and Felix used to make. You know, especially when he was injured and stuff to motivate himself. He was brilliant to be around all the time. Um, because, okay, yeah, I, I get the idea of taking a break and playing a game of soccer or going on the pace and stuff like that, but I think that can be counterintuitive as well. I think it's... you. I personally loved my routine. I loved training very hard. And uh, it was difficult when you were injured, obviously, to, to, to stay involved. That's when I was probably at my lowest. But... Um, in a but, team. Sorry, but if if you're losing, if you've lost three, four weeks in a row, and you're doing the same routine, and if you continue that routine, then I don't I don't know if things might change or something might click. But in your head, you'd be thinking, "I did this last week and it didn't work. Yeah, I did it the week before and it didn't work." So that's why the routine I I thought needed to yeah. be changed up a little bit. Okay, well, I suppose not not giving lads a complete break or a week off or. Uh, bashing lads or making them kill each other or whatever it's I think that's more what I'm talking about going to extremities just to give them a break yeah I do think that uh from my point of view anyway that the strength we had in Munster was sticking at what we were good at um but I suppose I, I never really had that experience of going back to back losses for for weeks on an end so um I can't really relate to it we were you're too successful in Munster. <laughs> no anything like that. Yeah. Um, no, we uh, we went through a few of those um, patches. That, that must be hard. Last season was like a yeah. To be honest, long old season. And is that you know, to the point where I I was kind of starting to be in and out a bit, and then kind of not really getting selected and stuff. And there was a few weekends when I wasn't getting selected, and I was going, I'm glad. Mm. I just, I just I want a break. I want to get away. I want to do something different. Really? Yeah. Um, but the and anyway, back getting back to the sports psychologist thing. Yeah, it was Andy McNulty. I met up, met up with a few times, and some of the conversations I had with him. There's no rocket science. You know, it's not. It's not really, yeah. really like, um, like really creative stuff. Not that innovative. You're just having a conversation about 
here's half a dozen games where I played really well in the last 12 months. Here's a couple of big performances. And and, and it made me write them out and say, right, he called it my confidence resume. And I wrote them out in my uh, just on my phone. And then on match day, I always would just look through. I always had this kind of imposter syndrome. I always thought, what am I doing here? I'm about to get found out. Everybody in the stadium is about to find out. Really? I've, been, I've been getting lucky for years. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all going to come to a head. So, again, it's just that rational, here's how, here's how good I am. It's not rational to think that I've been getting lucky mm. week in, week out for this many years. <laughs> you know, obviously, mad. Yeah. I've had that all the time yeah, throughout your career. Yeah, and I uh, address that by just, just trying to think more objectively, more rationally. Here's a couple of big performances. Here's what I'm capable of doing. Mm. There's no reason why I can't do that. I've I've ticked every box this week. I'm really well prepared. It's very likely I'm going to perform. You know, just remind yourself that, and mm. it makes a big difference. It's quite a powerful tool. Mm. But again, individuals, it, yeah. it's it's different when when the whole team isn't performing and there's a yeah. I suppose when you you could have like okay, you want players to think that they're the best they can be, but then you could probably have egos that come into that, yeah. and some people probably need to be taken down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They could get inflated and think that. They go too far in one direction. They yeah. think, yeah, I'm, I'm the best, I'm better than everyone. They're I, all dragging their arse. Yeah, I think that's a little bit like um, Joe's approach. Um, I remember, I'm sure you might have, well, no, sorry, you wouldn't have come across this. He does um, uh, player profiles for opposition. And we would go through this early in the week, maybe on a Tuesday or something. And uh, especially this weekend for the French, he'll go through the French profiles and he'll be taking all the highlight reels of every single player. You come out of that meeting and you think, oh my goodness, how are we ever going to beat them? They are class. It's it's almost the opposite. It's a it's a motivator because you're all in it together. So we're like, how are we going to sort this out? We really need to knuckle down this week and get our heads right and train well and get things sorted because we need to be hitting our straps on Saturday to be able to win. Right. And it was the opposite, I suppose. Now, mm. I, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself, but... That was a moment you come out of that meeting. You went, "Oh, France yeah. are class. even you telling me that, and I'm like, "Oh God, that's terrifying." Yeah, I know, <laughs> the, but it makes you really concentrate and knuckle down and get get you into know. what. You and have then when to you do. get on top of them, you're like, "Okay, I've seen how good these lads are, and now all of a sudden I'm better than them." Yeah. So I must be even better. Than <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. And you just catch Joe Smith's eye, and he's like, "Yeah, gotcha." I told you, Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, uh, hopefully they can they can pull some of that Joe Schmidt stuff at the weekend because uh, they're going to be up against it with the, all the pressure that's mounting on top of them. But man, Ireland. Right, you're welcome back to the House of Rugby Rugby Roundup. Uh, IGTV, Instagram TV. What's that about? Uh, that was a new thing we brought in last week. Right. In your absence. Go on. Uh, I was wondering what you were talking about there, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've i never used it before, actually, on on Instagram, but I just got a link to it anyway. But it just um, it's basically just another video streaming, isn't it? It's like a longer version, yeah. But, okay, yeah, it could be done on Instagram. Watch on Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Hello, yeah. hello, Instagram. Hi, Insta. Um, okay, we start off with news of another live episode of Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby um, in Belfast, I'll let Trimby fill you in on the details. Yeah, so it's the Monday after the Wales game? France game. France game. <laughs> it's next week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> we, better, we better get our act together. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, very competitive to get tickets, so get your get your finger right. Yeah, we'll be looking ahead to the Welsh game, obviously, and uh, we've got a show coming up this Sunday in France, and we'll, we'll tell you all about it then as well. 
Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting an old night out in Belfast. Yeah, we'll show you. We'll show you the ropes. Yeah, can't wait. Um, okay, well, the Pro 14 at the weekend. Uh, I suppose the biggest development was that Leinster beat the Cheetahs and have secured a home semi-final with four games to go. Um, the Lannisters. The oh, Lannisters. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like two different leagues at this point. It's just kind of Leinster doing their thing and everyone else is kind of... Yeah, like... and Austin Treviso and Edinburgh and Austin. Damn you, Lannisters. It was a weird game. Uh, um, Liam Toland on uh, Virgin Media, I think, was uh, giving out quite a lot about the Cheetahs and how they were playing. They were just lashing the ball the length of the field or just kicking it aimlessly and... It was so boring to watch and it was definitely an obvious tactic from them just to, I don't know what they were trying to do. There was no up and go and any kind of attacking uh, spark from them. It was just, let's just kick the ball to them and try and keep them out. And it worked, to be fair, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. But um, yeah, Leinster just too strong, I thought. Uh, I, think, I think that's the case quite a lot for South African sides. I just think, just well, not necessarily kick the ball, but just... Throw it about, or do, they don't. I don't think they would go on to the pitch with a really precise game plan. Mm. I think a little bit French, I suppose. Maybe it's because there's so much talent, so much, so much quality in South Africa in terms of um, play, players, like a player pool. But they just go out and throw the ball about, or they kick it, or they do. They do whatever comes into their heads, mm. and they get away with quite a lot, quite a lot, because there's so many talented players. Yeah, but not when you're in the RDS. No, I think <laughs> against I, the Lannisters. I was looking at them going. I think they're. They're used to playing at altitude, so kicking the ball might be it might go a lot farther or something like that. But yeah. the kicks were shite, and they were just <laughs> Leinster were just eating them up and and making yards. And Conor O'Brien was class again. Uh, He's going well. Yeah, strong boy. Um, and to get him Lock- on the show. Ro- yeah, I'd love to get him on. He's and uh, see what he's uh, see what he's made of. Uh, Rory Lockton scored a class try as well. Um, Fergus McFadden got absolutely busted by uh, by one of their props. Um, which should most definitely have been a red card, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> what, so was again, it a yellow? Yeah, and they actually went and looked at it, like, because I think uh, Reese Ruddock was like, can you please look at that again? And they went and looked. It was Nigel Owens as well, like, so I thought he might have gone, like, it was just like, it was like a rugby, it was like a, in wrestling where someone throws somebody against the ropes and they're coming back and they just jump into them. <laughs> and, just, and he's massive as well, so. Um, but look, was that, was was only back recently, isn't he? yeah. Um, and he was fine, to be fair. Like he got up, tough bit of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's great to see Leinster advance. It's great to see them advancing so early. Um, the Lannisters, uh, now monster. They've got, now they've got their home semi final place booked. Now they can concentrate <laughs> on the quarter final against Ulster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a few well, weeks time. Lucky. Um, monster. Uh, the Starks slipped up away from home. Lost ten six to Scarlets. Um, it was like the red wedding. Push Stebbins. Uh big talking point. <laughs> John Klein was stabbed in the belly. Uh, his try was ruled out because Reese Marshall was deemed to be offside and obstructing, which I thought was absolute horse crap. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. Um, first of all, it was a mall. It was a it was a mall, a rolling mall. It's a mall, and he was still uh, holding on to him. Okay, went to his knees, but does that mean the mall is over if he goes to his knees? The ref said, yeah, the ref said so, yeah. And I don't think that was a rule. It's just it, slow motion makes it look really bad. I thought it was a bit harsh yeah. that it was ruled then, out as well. When they broke apart, he let go of him, and mm. Marshall didn't like grab 
the the Scarlet's nine. He just kind of was just hit him with a shoulder a little bit, and then got out of the way. But your man played a blinder and faking it, like. Mm, but apart, they should have got a try there. But apart from that, I thought yeah, I think you're, I think you're using your red tinted glasses. Yeah, in, in your analysis there with your big red thirteen in your back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Till I die, man. Um, <clears throat> they they played well. I'll be fair to them. They 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 were very unlucky. Some good. That's not a good result for uh, Ulster. No, it's not. No. Yeah, they pulled away from them a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that monster got a lot of things uh, ironed out. Like they're. Latching going into uh, tackles was uh, impressive. Set piece was good. Brought some variety to the game, um, despite being terrible conditions. And yeah, they'll be disappointed with the loss. They could have taken a couple of kicks as well close uh, to the end that might have gotten them uh, over the line, but not to be. Um, Connacht had a huge win. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive. Oh, Ospreys were useless. They're struggling, aren't they, Ospreys? Yeah. They looks they're they're probably going through now what you were talking about like yeah. how you get a team like that crisis talks this morning were they no they will oh, be, yeah. they'll be oh, in a yeah. crisis meeting <laughs> yeah were they <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, yeah they they just looked like they've no interest yeah um, and I find that so hard to watch again not having ever played in an environment like that where. Those lads dragging their arse who just would never have gotten away with it back in the day with us. It was one player dragged their hole, they'd be opened. And yeah. you just so I it's think, weird, isn't it? It's weird yeah. how the, the Welsh um, teams are all, well, obviously Scarlet's had a win, but Welsh teams are all struggling generally at the minute. And yeah. then Wales are maybe about to win a Grand Slam. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. You wonder what, what, what's going on inside. Yeah, whether it's... Are they actually not good enough or is it an attitude problem? Because yeah. but the, cer- the, I certainly look like, I was thinking the other day going, I could throw a ton of AIL players on that Ospreys pitch that would make more of an effort yeah. than, some of those, uh, than some of those players. Yeah, when, you're, when you don't have George North, when you don't have Alan Wynn, those guys, they're probably not necessarily the impact that they would make, but probably just the influence that they would have on the preparation or the accountability or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not taking anything away from Connacht. They played, they played class. Uh, great to see Marmion back. <clears throat> um, Going be, well. Yeah, very well. Scored a couple. Of, did he score two tries. Scored one anyway. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. Um, and just brings a good energy, like and just busy and 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 the quick ball constantly and making right decisions. Uh, Tom Farrell was brilliant again. Serious player. Uh, I'd love to see him getting uh, getting a dart at some point. Unrewarding for him, isn't it? Yeah, he's been class all season, mm. absolutely class. But still, down the pecking order. Still, yeah, yeah. It's another cliche, isn't it? Sorry, um, it's cliche for a reason. Yeah, cliche. Ulster, <laughs> Ulster. <laughs> um, uh, I quite enjoyed that game. Yeah, I yeah. thought they played really well. Mm. I've enjoyed every game they've played this season. To yeah, be fair. I thought they, they went really well. Now, Dragons are struggling a little bit. They obviously got hammered by Treviso last weekend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric O'Sullivan mm-hmm. is on fire, isn't he? Yeah. He is class. Yeah. And in all areas, carries the ball well, scrummages well, um, tips on, links really well. Yeah, I was delighted they gave him man of the match, to yeah. be honest. It was a... Because it was a quick game and, a, and there was a lot of, you know, McCluskey played well. Yeah, and, he always does. Uh, what's the wing, the blondie winger's name? Uh, Robbie Little. Yeah, he's class. Yeah. God, he's got a some step, man. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, Cooney went well. Jordy Murphy went well. There. Um, and toward the the try, the bonus point try that Ulster got. Yeah. Was very much because uh, I think they, I think they had two guys in the bin at the time. Mm-hmm, they so did. So they thought, yeah. right, let's go kind of zigzag pattern or yeah. just keep it tight because that's that's the area we can get on top of them. Mm. And I just looked. They had taken off Cooney, taken off um, uh, Rob Herring. Mm-hmm. So they lost a little bit of experience. But John, Shanahan came on. Shanahan missed, went yeah, really well. Brilliant. John Andrew came on and went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Al Connor went off shortly after that, actually. But I think he was still on at the time. So they lost a little bit of experience, but they still looked really streetwise. They were kind mm-hmm. of making good decisions and they just held on to the ball. It was almost Ireland-esque. It was. How it was they scored that really try. Really impressive. That's yeah. a huge try, like, for to get the bonus point with 13 yeah. men. And obviously every point for them, it probably will come down to a point. Yeah, so, so they've got... Um, uh, Southern Kings <coughs> next, and then and then they've got a really tough run in. But Edinburgh have a tough run in, and so did Treviso. Yeah, they've so, Edinburgh, Glasgow, and Leinster. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Edinburgh, Glasgow, both away. Treviso of Munster, Leinster, Ulster, potentially um, Glasgow as well. I think Connacht. No, is it Connacht? Sorry, they do. You're right. Yeah. Um, I think they they've got they're going to Connacht. Like I. I'd yeah. like to think I think that's next weekend. I'd like to see Connacht will beat them. I think Monster will beat them. So, yeah. Um, they also, just need to keep their current form. Big yeah. win next weekend. I think are they home to home. Southern Kings? Yeah, 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 yeah. Big win there, and I think that would kick them on majorly. Yeah. Um, also, Jack McGrath linked to move up to to Ulster. That yeah. broke last so week. It's Ulster probably going. Oh. Like, we signed Jack McGrath, but Eric Sullivan's playing out of his skin. Yeah. Probably going, it's not ideal from an Ulster point of view, but obviously. Ah, look. I know. It's 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 brilliant. They're going to have serious, serious quality. Yeah, really nice biltong as well. Yeah, delicious biltong. That's oh, what they've signed man. up for. Is it? Yeah, that's part it's of the that, deal. You're welcome. <laughs> we broke it here. You heard it here first. We like. broke the news. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great move. Um Obviously, he's been leapfrogged. Is it? Da- is it? It's not confirmed, is it? No, hasn't been. But it's strong rumours. Yeah. Oh, leapfrogged by Dave Kilcoyne. Yeah, he's been leapfrogged by. Uh, he's been going for it really well, to be fair. Yeah. No, I think they're 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 neck and neck. But Kilcoyne is he's playing well. He's explosive. He's uh, he's been brilliant for Monster. So. Yeah, we'll see. Interesting move for Jack. Um, and it's great to see players been. I think it's brilliant to see players been moved around. If you know, you see how well Cooney is done and how well Carberry's done and yeah. uh, even uh, Jordy Murphy. Love seeing him play for us. So he just, yeah. doesn't matter, you know. Just rescue dogs, left, right and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack McGrath, like a little, little bulldog going up to, up to Ulster. Uh, and finally, the 12 uh, team World League proposals, World Rugby getting a lot of flack from the... Guinness Six Nations, um, or sorry, getting a lot of flack from from certain players like Sexton, uh, Farrell, Reed came out and and criticised them for it um, for different reasons. So they're getting a hard time from them because mm-hmm. of the workload, mm-hmm. but then they're getting a hard time from Pacific Island yeah. representatives, just saying they're they've just been marginalised. Yeah, obviously because there's not a big enough market there. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. It's the business the reason that they're not including them. But then uh, World Rugby came out and said, no, 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 we were going to include them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, really? If you hadn't got this backlash? Yeah. Um, that's fine. If they just they can tweak it and, and guess. Yeah. I think it was it, only because it was leaked. If they'd come out 
and said, here's the structure, here's what we're doing, yeah. then they probably couldn't have back down but mm. because it was leaked they said oh no no that, that's that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're missing a page yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I think it's a great move if they can keep everyone happy and obviously the players not playing too many games yeah be taken a, from be, a club game it'd be a cool um yeah. uh, competition but yeah. it's just as long as it works and the lads are feeling like they're up to it like it's, they're physically capable of, of kind of yeah toughen up yeah yeah. Jeez, yeah. if I could only be playing again, huh? I'd hate to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, we uh, also asked you for your Guinness Made of More Player of the Weekend, and here were your nominees written very small by Pat, which say Marmion and Tom Farrell, Connacht, John Cooney and Max Deegan. Max Deegan had a great game, put in some huge hits. But the winner is Marmion. Eric Sullivan. Yeah, I was getting some abuse. The House of Rugby Twitter account was getting some abuse last night for that because Eric Sullivan wasn't there. Yeah, that makes me concerned about the Belfast live show <coughs> that there's not enough Belfast to represent. No, the abuse that we got shows that the... Yeah, but are. Oh, sorry, they, do, they don't create the shortlist. You create the shortlist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, right, yeah, fine. Yeah, so there was an absolute horde of Ulster fans out there. That's fair enough, Pat. Given, given me Pat, I'm a big fan of your work, but... Wildlings. Not on this occasion. Wildlings kicking said, up I said, I tried to rest you by saying, he was good too. <laughs> that didn't work, no. That's grief, yeah. It doesn't really, as you said, it doesn't really matter, does it? They don't get Who anything. Cares? They don't get Again, anything. We're going to remodel the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Just have a thought about how you're going to do it, yeah. But yeah. Keep running, so we, keep, we keep saying keep that. Keep running it down every week. But yeah. Then, yeah. 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 So who got it in the end? Uh, Marmion. Ah. Who'd be delighted? Fivel. Go on, Fivel. Did you call him Fivel last week? No. No. We just did an eye behind his back. Yeah. Let's get away. Trimby used to call him Fivel from the American Tale. Uh-huh. Everybody called him that. Behind his back. <laughs> Which we found out after the show last week, or a few weeks ago, yes. David O'Doherty's father wrote the musical score for that movie. I know. And yeah. it was the first song I ever learned on the piano was Somewhere Out There. I, I, said, I brought it up thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those ones where I have to explain. It'll be long-winded. And I said, have you ever seen An American Tale? Is that what it's called? American Tale. An American Tale. And you both had like, really strong links to it. Yeah, my dad wrote the music. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was great. I actually preferred the second one, Five Who Goes West, when he goes to the... I didn't know there was a sequel. Oh, great. He goes to... Like, the Empire becomes... Strikes Back. Kieran <laughs> <laughs> Marmion and uh, there's a big fat cat in it who oh, yeah. will be... I don't know. Someone... Large. Is that the one where he's getting um, fed um, lots of fruit and stuff by like all these little mice? Yeah. I, <laughs> I have so. seen that, actually. Yeah, it's brilliant. Okay, we put out a shout for your Twitter questions using the hashtag AskHOR, and here are some of your best ones. Actually, we're running out of time, so I'm just going to pick one. Dr. Jan John Cannon, uh, Superheroes 15, question mark. The Flash on the wing, Wolverine at open side, Iron Man at full back, great under a high ball. Um, are you a fan of superhero films? Uh, yeah. So just give it to Superman, like, and he. What's the anywhere, point? I mean, else, anywhere else? Anywhere like, I mean, the Flash in the wing, but the Flash, you know, anywhere. You put him in the pack, he'll be grand. Any of these superheroes will perform admirably <laughs> yeah. in any position. Superman surely would just. It's pointless even having the game if he's yeah. playing. They're just all utility players yeah. who um, are going to make a big impact. Yeah. Superman's got a big future. 
He does. <laughs> All these players, if they were... I doubt, they he, could... I doubt he lacks any confidence ever. Do you think <laughs> yeah. he needs to go to sports like God? Do you think he had to see Andy McNulty and create a, a confidence resume? <laughs> oh. oh, come on, Superman. Sure, you can fly. My pace is letting me you, down, though. I'm sure the fastest thing, that's your faster than speeding bullets. I know, I know, but I keep dropping balls. No, but sure, you, you can I, just You fly. do, to be fair. But you can freeze time <laughs> <laughs> and just catch them. Can I? It can kind of go so fast that everything right. looks like he'd go spin the, stop the world from spinning yeah. and everything stops so when the ball oh, is going yeah, over yeah. for a conversion Aye, but that to be the fair last minute he can just stop the world I know but Superman he only does that like that's a that's a one off that's a special occasion look you, you, you're Superman I'm just trying to convince you man you've got to believe in yourself <laughs> you, yeah, but, who's your, yeah, but, who's your <laughs> <laughs> who is your kryptonite when you were playing um, oh um Alan Brew. Was he? <laughs> yeah. Go away from the Dragons or uh, Scarlets. Um, yeah. Don't know. The one at Bath, sorry. There was I, two brothers, wasn't there? Yeah. Alan and... The one at Bath, I think it was. Yeah. Um, uh, I played against him in, uh, for Ireland under-21s it was back then. And I kind of approached him. He was went back to pick up a ball. And I went, went at him. I thought, I'm going to smack him here. And I went hard at him. He got up from a stand and start and just bumped me and I ended up on my back I was like oh my goodness so powerful go away yeah so powerful yeah um, and then I played against him a couple of times I've always had that in my head I'm like oh, oh man there you are being weak again yeah being mentally fragile yeah <laughs> <laughs> on that note it's great to be back I know yeah loving it uh, right, everybody, thank you very much for your comments, questions, for listening and all your favourite apps and for watching us on the YouTubes. A big, big thank you to everyone that was involved in making this show this week. <laughs> this has been Baz and Andrew's House it's of Rugby on Joe together, together with, with Guinness. Guinness. Party and on, <laughs> See you next week. You were listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.